The opinions expressed on the Rob Report are the opinions of the hosts, participating callers, and or listener emails, texts, and letters, and are not necessarily the opinions of WDAY or Form Communications. Friday afternoon, it's Rob Port, 970 WDAY AM, 93.1 FM, happy to be with you. We, uh, it's, it's, we got a little bit of an unusual schedule today, it's, I, I, I believe we're only doing half of the show. Yes. I, I think we're only doing the first half of the show, and, and the reason, it's kind of weird how it came to be, uh, Jay Thomas was going to be doing a live remote this afternoon, the live remote got canceled because of some weather. Uh, and so instead of doing that, we're doing a Cubs game. Well, the Cubs game pregame, we're, we're going to join that in progress at one o'clock. Uh, assuming that the rain, <laughs> I'm assuming that came through our territory, uh, doesn't rain out the Cubs game down in Chicago. Um, so we'll see, but it, it sounds like the Cubs game's a show. So we should be doing just one hour of the show today. Uh, but that's subject to change on the whims of the weather, but we'll keep you in, the, we'll keep you up to date. Uh, for now, at 12.30, you know, uh, we had former Congressman Earl Pomeroy on, uh, who was, you know, ripping into a lawsuit uh, joined by North Dakota to uh, challenge the legality of Obamacare. Um, Earl Pomeroy, you know, sort of ripping our Attorney General Wayne Stenjum about that. Uh, Wayne Stenjum joins us today to talk about that and also on with him. Um, when I contacted his office about coming on, they wanted to have North Dakota Insurance Commissioner John Godfrey on so they could talk about both aspects of the lawsuit. Uh, the legal questions that, that that are being asked in the lawsuit, as well as the potential impacts on insurance in the state of North Dakota. So we'll talk with them about that. Coming up at 1230, um, plus your phone calls, of course, once again, call in 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. All right. Um, let's see. Oh, here's something. I, I wanted to hit on this. I wrote a blog post about it this morning. Uh, and it got a, got a whole bunch of traffic. Um, there was a WDAY online headline that caught my eye, um, and it was it was tied to just a brief. I mean, it was just a quick story, and it's just kind of a kind of a fluff piece about um, you know the Fargo Street Fair, and it's I mean it's it's a nice thing, and I, I don't want to get overly critical here, and I also don't want to say that there was any like discriminatory discriminatory intent here at all, but. The article bugged me as as a dad. Now, I've been a dad for more than 17 years now. And one thing that I constantly struggle with is when I take my kids out, a lot of times there aren't a lot of facilities for, for dads. Like, you you got to change your kid's diaper. Uh, you go in a public bathroom. No diaper changing station in the men's room. Now, there's probably one in the women's room, but not in the men's room. I guess the implicit assumption being that dads don't change diapers. So I'm reading uh, a headline, and it's about a, um, I guess, like a rest station set up by Sanford at the Fargo Street Fair. The headline is, New Edition Takes Stress Off of Mothers at the Street Fair. Um, It's described as an area where moms can relax and feed their kids. Now, to be fair, in in the broadcast, the WDAY television broadcast, it is mentioned that um, it's for moms and dads, but then when they start talking about the feeding and diapering area specifically, right? Because there's like a play area, you know, there's stuff for there's kids. There's a lot of stuff There's a place to there. kind of sit. There's a lot of stuff there. But when they're talking about the feeding and diapering area 
specifically, it's described as, quote, catered to moms in the television broadcast. In the article, the reporter writes, quote, part of the inside space is dedicated to moms. It has things like a formula filling station, breastfeeding rooms, and a diaper changing tables. Now, dads can't breastfeed, obviously, uh, but they can sure put formula in a bottle. Uh, they can sure as heck change diapers. I've changed, gosh, I don't know, thousands, I suppose. I don't know. I've changed a lot of diapers over the years. Um, the organizers of, of, of the space seem to have forgotten about dads, too. This is from uh, Jackie Hawk, Hake, H-A-A-K. I'm not trying to pronounce that. Uh, she is the Sanford manager of lactation. Uh, she says, I quote, there's typically not areas where you can feed and change your babies and activities like this. So this is just a spot where moms get a chance to do that without having to leave the entire event. Okay, but, but what about dads that maybe want to feed a baby a bottle? What about dads that want to feed their kids? What about dads that want to change their diapers? Now, I have no doubt that if a dad shows up there and wants to change his kid's diaper at this station, he's not going to get turned away. I don't think there's any discriminatory intent here. Uh, but... I, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the, the rhetorical oversights are frustrating. I think how we talk about this stuff is important. And if, if, if you're talking about a place to change diapers, if you're talking about a place to feed kids, and you're saying that it's for moms, and you're not saying it's for dads, and the implication is, A, it's kind of insulting the women. I guess, I guess the implication being that that's women's work. The women take care of the kids. I, I don't know what the men are supposed to be doing during this. Maybe strutting around drinking beer. I don't know. But the implication there is that, is that the men are, the women are doing this work, uh, and, and that I, I guess the men can't. I, I will say that things are getting better. And again, I've been a dad for 17 years. Things have improved. There's no question about it. I, I mean, there there are more facilities. The way we talk about this stuff has improved. But some of this stuff lingers, and it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating the way we talk about them. I, I'm glad, and I, I want to be clear, I'm glad Sanford is providing this service. I don't think that there was any intent here to be, you know, exclusive or, or, or to be insulting towards anybody. I, I think they're just trying to do a nice thing for families. But the way we talk about this stuff matters. You know, the way, I, I don't know how many times, like, you watch a sitcom, you watch, uh, like, a family comedy, you watch, um, uh, you know, you watch a, a television commercial. And it's, it's just accepted as okay that dads are portrayed as these bumbling doofuses, right, who are just overwhelmed by these kids, these, these you know, bumbling idiots who can't, uh, you know, or, or, or maybe just, just a rung or two up the maturity ladder from their children. And uh, it's, it's tiresome. Just got a text in, someone saying, it is technically a lactation station. Okay, well... I don't know. I watched the television report. They're talking it as a place to feed kids. They're talking about it as a place to change kids. I think the lactation station is just one part of the entire like uh, right area. Right there's yeah. there. I guess uh, when I was watching the report, it looks like they have booths set up for breastfeeding mouths, which is great. That's great. I have no problem with that at all. But uh, they also have because here's the other thing they're talking about. I mean, they're talking about having like a like a formula station, right? Is that what they said? I think yeah, so. it has yeah. things like yeah. a formula filling station, breastfeeding rooms, and diaper changing stations. Well, two out of three of those things dads can do. I mean, this is this is what the WDAY reporter wrote. Part of the inside space is dedicated to moms. It has things like a formula filling station, breastfeeding rooms, 
and diaper changing stations. Uh, okay, uh, that space is dedicated. I mean, saying that that space is dedicated to mom says that dads aren't changing the diapers, and I think that's wrong. Well, I am sure with and, those two, if if dads wanted to use that station to change their child's diaper or give them formula, I'm I don't sure. think anybody's saying no. No, I think they can. It's perfectly fine for them to go up and but, do it. But, but look at all this. Uh, the headline over the article is New Edition Takes Stress Off of Mothers at the Street Fair. The reporter in the article, part of the inside space is dedicated to moms. When it was when it was read on the television news broadcast, they're talking about the feeding and diapering area specifically as being catered to moms. The Sanford spokesperson, Jackie Hake or Hawk, however you pronounce her last name, she says, quote, there's typically not areas where you can feed and change your baby and activities like this. So this is just a spot where moms get a chance to do that without having to leave the entire event. I, I mean, I, I don't know. When, when you go down the list and it's the headline, it's the news broadcast, it's the reporter, it's the spokesperson from Sanford, I feel like there's a trend there. I feel like there's a theme there. And the theme is this is for moms and dads are left out. Now, again, I don't think if a dad showed up, I don't think he's excluded, but it just it bothers me. I, I don't I don't know that, that a lot of stuff is going to change. Right. Like if we want to get to a point where we have, you know, we're not forcing people into traditional gender roles then the way we talk about this stuff is important it matters and i i mean i'll, I'll just i i, I have been frustrated over and, and i'll even notice there's a there's a generational gap in feelings about this i think that younger dads get it i think that younger dads get the challenge i think i think older men don't care so much i think i think older men are, are just sort of used to it older men are maybe more comfortable with some of those those traditional and, and they just they just sort of overlook it. But I, I think younger dads, um, I think they struggle with this. And I think it's tough. And I wish we did a better job of talking about it. That's just what I think. What do you think? 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Do you agree? Am I uh, am I am I going too far over the top on this? Love to hear from you. Um that's the emailer says, You are sounding like a whiny left winger. Slow news day, Rob. Slow news day? Come on, Rob. I agree with you 90% of the time, but this battle, uh, this isn't a battle worth picking. No, I, I, I'm not trying to pick a battle. Like, I'm not I'm not out to say, like, Sanford's evil or they should be sued or anything. I'm just saying it, it, it's more than just Sanford. It was the WDAY television broadcast. It was the reporter who did the article. It was the spokesman for, for Sanford. I mean, to me, when it's it's that many people all making the same mistake, it's a problem. I don't know. Does this make me sound like a left winger? I I don't know. All I know is I'm a dad, and I'm a dad who you know through through seven more than seventeen years of dadding, um, you know. And currently, I have a seventeen year old. I have a ten year old. I have a three year old, um, who's who's just obviously moving out of the diaper stage. You know, I, I've spent a lot of years, you know, trying to find diapering stations in men's bed. I mean, it's it's a problem. It's a problem that's persisted for a long time. And, and I don't like the insinuation that I don't change my kids' diapers, that I don't feed my kids food. So anyway, it's 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 frustrating. Uh, let's see. Another email. Joshua says, uh, hey, Rob, I got to say, I totally agree with you completely. But let's be honest. You kind of sound like one of those progressive PC wussies that your side tends to whine about. But I repeat, you're right about this. A lot of people think I'm sounding like a liberal. Do you think I sound like a liberal on this? Ben? Not particularly. You just, like you said, kind of sound like a dad yeah. who's had to deal with this stuff before. 
I, I guess I guess you know if, if we're talking about I mean maybe maybe it sounds like you know the triggers and the microaggressions and stuff I, I don't know I, I I'm not triggered I don't think that this is a microaggression I think it's just I, I I do I do firmly believe that if you want social change it's got to kind of start with rhetorical change it's got to kind of start how with how we talk about these things it's important. Uh, but let's take a break. What do you think? Am I am I overboard on this? Am I sounding like a liberal? Or, or am I just... I just want to talk about this stuff differently, and I just want to acknowledge dads change diapers, too. Dads feed kids, too. Dads bring their kids to the street fair on their own sometimes. It's not always moms. That's all I'm saying. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob. Report 970 WDY AM 93.1 FM 701 293 9329 Email talk at Uh Talking about this, uh, the, the well, it was it was just, it was a WDAY report, and I, I mean it was just supposed to be a simple thing. It's a nice thing that Sanford's doing. They're providing like a little a little rest station for families. Uh, but just the, the way talking about it, it's, I mean, the, the way they talked about it, the way it was talked about during the WDAY news broadcast, the way it was reported on the WDAY website, uh, the way that the Sanford official spoke about the center, it was like the, the diapering and the feeding babies and everything was just moms. Emailer says, uh, why can't men breastfeed? Uh, and then links me to that uh, <laughs> screenshot from Meet the Fockers where he's wearing the, <laughs> he's wearing wearing the like- faux Wearing the faux breasts, yes. I guess that are so that men can breastfeed. I guess that's a thing. Like yeah. you have like a like a like a fake breast apparatus, and then you feed formula or something through it. I feel like you're not going to get too many people wearing one of those at a street fair, though. Probably not. Probably, Probably not. not. Hey, hey, to each their own. I'm not true. Judging. True. If you want to do that, you can. Uh, let's see. Another emailer says, "I guess I don't know if I'm a younger dad or not. Around 46." Uh, but I've always helped with the kids. The only problem I have is it seems like as a society we're always looking for something to get outraged at, and it's not just this incident. It happens all the time on all kinds of issues. I get that. I, I get the perpetual outrage. I get tired of it, too. I'm outraged about this. I'm outraged about that. And to be honest with you, I'm not outraged about this. I don't think there was any ill intent by anybody involved here. I don't think I don't think Sanford meant anything by it. I don't think WDAY meant anything by it. I don't I don't think it was I don't think anybody was trying to do anything nefarious here. I don't I don't know that there's anything to get outraged about. All I'm saying is that it is a real problem that dads aren't recognized as as sometimes being the primary caregiver. Dads aren't recognized as people who also change diapers, people who also wipe noses and and feed the kiddos like Dads do that, too. Dads go to street fairs with their kids on their own. I mean, this is a thing that's happened. I've done it. Dads push strollers. I mean, dads do yeah. all this stuff. And, and and I think it's important to talk about that because then maybe it'll lead to changes like, hey, maybe we can get diaper changing stations in the men's rooms. You know, some men's rooms have them. A lot of them don't. It's getting better, uh, but it's still it's still a problem in, in a lot of ways. So, um you know, I'm not saying that this is the biggest issue in the world, but it is an issue, and I think it's worth talking about. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Via Facebook, Daryl writes, uh, thanks for covering these kinds of double standards, like the diaper-changing stations. Uh, if it were the other way around, it would be seen as sexist immediately. When people call men oversensitive or wussy for calling attention to double standards, nothing will change. Good for you for calling attention to the ways gender stereotypes affect men and boys. Shaming men for speaking out just plays into the sexist expectation for men to suck it up and take it like a man. 
that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. There was an emailer earlier, I think, who called me a wussy for bringing it. Like, I sound like a wussy liberal or whatever for bringing it up. How dare you want to take care of your child, Rob? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't. And, and again, I, I think the problem is, is people are very, very tired of, like, you know, the politically correct thing and, and all that stuff. And let's let's all use the proper pronouns and let's all use the proper terms and everything. And everybody gets really upset. And, and listen, I, I don't want to send anybody to, like, PC jail for doing this. I'm not outraged by this. I'm not calling for boycotts of Sanford. In fact, I don't even think Sanford did anything wrong. I think they did something very nice. I think it's great that they're providing this service. I'm just pointing out an area where we could we could recognize that that a thing is true. And the thing that's true is that dads take care of their kids too. That's it. Full stop. Simple as that. And I don't I don't think I'm wrong. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, got some uh, more comments from Facebook. Melvin writes, uh, amen, Rob changed many a diaper, but it's always moms in articles and thought always. Uh, Nancy says, just identify as a mom who says dads can't breastfeed. She links to more. A lot of people linking it. This is just got like Amazon listings for faux breastfeeding rigs. I don't, I don't, I don't think I would go for that. I love my kids, but you know, if we get to that point, I'm just, I just, there are lines. I've there only just lines. used I'm just, uh, should not be proud. I won't say that I haven't I haven't picked up one of my babies in the dead of night while not wearing a shirt. They didn't try. That was awkward. <laughs> Jeremy oh, writes, uh, I stopped at a rest stop in between Bismarck and Jamestown last week. No diaper changing station in the men's bathroom and no family bathroom uh, that some rest stops have. Women's bathroom had a changing station. Anyone want to guess what I did? I have a feeling Jeremy just identified as a mom and went in the women's room. <laughs> I mean, if if he really needed to, I've yeah. I've done it. I've done it. Like you try to do it on the sink. I mean, a lot of times there's not a lot of counter space in there, and sometimes the counter's kind of gross. But I don't know. You do the best you can. Uh, Scott writes. It's surprising how many places don't have a changing station in the men's restroom, and how none of none of them have a hook for the diaper bag, so you are forced to set it on the floor. Uh, let's see. Kent said, uh, I worked nights and raised my children during the day. Started doing that in 1986. We had four children from experience. I could say it has gotten better. I, I agree with that. I think it has absolutely gotten better. I think it's absolutely gotten better. Um, but that doesn't mean it's, it's okay. And it's, it doesn't mean I, and I, and I, again, I think it's a little egregious when it's, you know, Sanford launches this. You have the Sanford spokesperson making the mistake. You have the reporter making the mistake. The mistake happens again during the, the, the broadcast. Oh, this is for moms. This is for moms. Nope. Sorry. Dad's changed diapers, too. Anyway, I just wanted to get that off my chest. I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. Um, but I, I do think it's something worth talking about. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. In the next segment, we're going to talk about this state lawsuit challenging Obamacare. Attorney General Wayne Stengem is going to be on. Uh, Insurance Commissioner John Godfrey is going to be on. Uh, hey, we might talk to, to Stengem, too, a little bit about this uh, claim he's filed against the federal government asking for $38 million uh, for the federal government's negligence during the protests yeah. against the Dakota Access Pipeline. That's a big story. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that coming up next here on the Rob Report, 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. Don't go away. Welcome back to Rob Report, 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM, 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, it sounds like Ben is still in the process of getting our guests on the line. Do we got them, Ben? Are we ready? Uh, yes, they are both on the line, Rob. 
All right, let's go to him now. First up, Insurance Commissioner John Godfrey. John, how you doing? Hey, good morning, Rob. How are you doing? Or afternoon, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, good afternoon. Uh, it's uh, Wayne, uh, also Attorney General Wayne Stendrum. Wayne, how are you? I think there's Hang some difficulty moment, there, too, but we, we can pass the phone back and forth together. Oh, okay. All right. Well, it seems like we're having a little bit of technical difficulty. So, uh, well, John, we'll, we'll start with you. I, I guess a, a former Congressman Earl Pomeroy uh, was in the state. Uh, he is, is being critical of a lawsuit filed by the Attorney General Wayne Stengem, uh, which challenges the legality of Obamacare. This is what he said in a recent uh, Grand Forks Herald article. I quote, uh, we think it's wrong that North Dakota taxpayer dollars are being used in litigation that would take out all of the protections that exist under present law, helping people get health insurance. Uh, he continued, it's just wrong to strip coverage away from so many North Dakotans, as well as protections from other North Dakotans who might develop a health condition in the future. So, uh, John, is that what's going on here? I mean, is that if if this lawsuit gets won, and, and hopefully we'll have the attorney general on here in a moment. Uh, yeah, but if this lawsuit won, it's Wayne. I'm on. Oh here. wait, we're on the same well, line. If you can hear me, then we'll just uh, proceed this way. Okay. Uh, okay. Let me outline what the gist of this lawsuit is. Of course, you know that some years ago, a group of attorneys general filed litigation challenging the Affordable Care Act. The Supreme Court ruled in 2012. Uh, and upheld our position that the requirement under the Affordable Care Act that individuals buy and are required by law to buy a product in commerce was a violation of the Commerce Clause, which never was enacted and never had been applied to require somebody purchase a product they might not want. That was a five to four vote. But at the same time, Justice Roberts then swung over to the other side and joined the four liberals on this issue. Uh, the issue was that because the Affordable Care Act includes a mandatory requirement to buy the insurance and to pay a tax penalty, that uh, the Congress has much broader authority under its taxing authority, and that therefore, uh, by a vote of five to four, they upheld uh, the Affordable Care Act. Then in the meantime, just last December in the new tax act, they repealed that penalty. So the tax penalty is no longer there. The third, the, they kicked the leg out from under the stool of the of the uh, one argument for upholding the Affordable Care Act. And so our position now is that uh, absent that uh, tax provision in the code, that our original argument that the law was in violation of the Constitution ought to strike down the law. Now, let me also respond to another thing that Congressman Pomeroy said. We, North Dakota is joined this lawsuit. It was filed by the state of Texas. We are not spending any North Dakota taxpayer dollars on this litigation. Texas is playing the lead role. The problem that we have, and that's uh, one of the things that uh, Commissioner Godfrey can well address, is that the promises that were brought forward for the passage of the Obamacare has never even come close to meeting the promise. It's turned out that it's much more expensive, and North Dakotans are not better off. They're worse off without it, and and uh, John Godfrey is certainly the expert on this, and so he's here with me today to address that portion of it. But first of all, my job to uphold the Constitution, and second of all, uh, just assure anyone who might be concerned that the state of North Dakota in this litigation is not uh, is not uh, bearing any tax expense. The, the legal argument here seems straightforward to me. I mean, this sounds like, you know, exactly what you said. It was held up previously because uh, the Supreme Court found uh, that it was a 
an exercise of Congress's taxing authority, but if the tax isn't there anymore, where's the authority? So I think that's the question the lawsuit's asking. John, obviously, I mean, that's the legal argument, but the practical practical effect, which maybe a lot of people are I, – I, the legal argument I think is important. The practical impact I, I think is, is secondary, but a lot of people are saying, well, this is going to cost us insurance. And what's, what's the response to that, John? Well, first of all, I don't think, uh, you know, the discussion about the pre-existing conditions, the only people that keep bringing that up are, are, are most are most of the Democrats uh, who, who continue to talk about it, this, will, this will destroy pre-existing conditions. At no point in, in any of the health care reform discussions that we've had that have been serious uh, has anybody talked about removing the, 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 uh, the existence of pre-existing conditions coverage. So that, that's, that's first and foremost. And secondly, you know, there, this will help put pressure on Congress to, to make take some action in health care reform. Um, you know, the legal process by its very nature isn't, uh, isn't, isn't very quick necessarily, but uh, these are good questions to ask, and these are good questions to have, uh, have some rulings on to, again, hopefully help Congress uh, find their way in, 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 in getting to some health care reform. Um, so it's, it's, to me, it's a lot of, uh, you know, they're trying to inject fear into this discussion. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody's talked about removing pre-existing conditions. Uh, but really, we need to talk about how do we get to a healthcare market that works for for not only us but for the rest of the nation. And and frankly, under the ACA, it doesn't work right now. Well, one, of the, one of the facts Sorry, is that from 2013 to 2017, after the passage of this law, the cost of health insurance in America went up 105 percent. So it's not becoming more affordable. It's pricing people out of the market. There are not more people insured now than there were uh, before. And virtually nobody favors the elimination, I certainly don't, of the requirement to cover pre-existing conditions. It's very popular. People support it. And, uh, and I think that any iteration that we will see passed either by Congress or eventually by the states is going to eliminate that important requirement. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. So as a practical matter, and I, I don't know, maybe John's the best, the better, uh, the, the, the better one to answer this, but as a practical matter, if the state of North Dakota and the other states that, that are in this Texas led lawsuit, if they're successful, and Obamacare struck down, John, what, what then happens to our insurance markets? Well, it reverts back to what, what, what existed prior to the ACA. And I'll tell you, Rob, uh, in North Dakota, prior to the ACA pa- passage, there were about 8 to 10% of North Dakotans who, who didn't have coverage, either uh, they didn't want it or couldn't get it. Um, after the ACA coverage, or after the ACA passed, 8 to 10% of North Dakotans don't have coverage. Uh, and so, again, especially here in North Dakota, and I think that's what, we, you know, what you know, we've made in this lawsuit and, and an affidavit that has been filed from my office, uh, it fixed a problem that was, there was no problem in North Dakota. Uh, and so really, but I think what the practical, what would happen is if this lawsuit is successful, if it looks like it's going to be successful, uh, Congress would come together quickly to, to address this issue. And, 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 my, and my hope would be that they turn it back over to the state to allow us to regulate this health insurance market like we do every other line of insurance. And, and it comes down to, again, who do you trust? Do you trust your state legislature and, and the folks within, within the walls of the Capitol here, or do you trust the, the folks out in D.C.? And I think here in North Dakota, uh, we're well-equipped to take that on. So just just so I'm absolutely clear, uh, if 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 the lawsuit is successful, does the mandate that insurance companies cover pre-existing conditions does that go away until Congress acts or or the states act? Well, I think I think it would. I mean, under 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 particular uh, strictly uh, practical matter, yes. But I think in reality, you would you wouldn't see that happen. Um, again, you would. 
uh, states would step in or, or the federal government or Congress would step in to, to, to provide this. Because, again, the only people that are talking about eliminating the pre-existing uh, condition coverage uh, are the folks who are fighting to keep the ACA alive. And the ACA is, is, is broken on so many levels that um, I don't think there's anybody in Congress or even at the state level that would look to, to pull that coverage away. Uh, it, just, it just doesn't make sense. And, and I think it's important to mention, too, that the vast majority of people who sign up for one type of health insurance or another are covered for their pre-existing condition. If you come and work, for example, for the state government, they have to take everybody who is hired as, a, as, a, as an insured. The same thing is true of business groups. It's true also of bank deposit groups. And uh, individuals can join any number of those groups, and they're required to take people with pre-existing conditions. They can't exclude them. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Wayne, where is this lawsuit at right now? I mean, it's, it's, um, I, I guess that's the other question is, is, you know, when, when could we see this be resolved? I mean, is this, is this going to wind up before the Supreme Court again? Well, it could easily wind up before the Supreme Court, but we're right now in the Northern District of Texas. We're a long ways away from any kind of a ruling. If it does get to the Supreme Court like the previous one did, it took a couple of years. This one would probably take longer. There's plenty of time for Congress and state legislatures to step in and really address the issue from a number of uh, respects, including uh, getting a handle on the cost of health care, because that's the real issue here. And, uh, and that's not being addressed. And you can see that with the, with the incredible increase in the cost of insurance. We have had we we've seen in the past certainly just with a, a Supreme Court ruling on uh, on on the internet sales tax where the state of North Dakota had legislation in place ready to to, to basically take effect once the Supreme Court acted. Would would you recommend or would either of you recommend to the legislature that they do something that that North Dakota put something in place in the eventuality that this lawsuit is is successful? Well, and Rob, I, this is John. I think we're we're absolutely preparing for that as we speak. I, I know we're we're in the middle of a, a large healthcare study uh, here in North Dakota that's being led by my office um, for some of these very very specific reasons. That if Congress were to act and all of a sudden give the the authority back over to the states to say, okay, you can regulate your health insurance market, uh, we want to make sure we're in a position to to bring ideas forward to our legislature to say, okay, if this, then that, and and we've got ideas on the table and. And so we're in the middle of kind of developing those those plans right now, but but I think we absolutely would be ready to do that by by the time a Supreme Court lawsuit or ruling comes out. That's interesting. Now I I want to I want to send just the last couple minutes of the interview, Wayne. I I, I want to get you. I, I brought you on to talk about this this health insurance lawsuit, but your office broke some news today about the Dakota Access uh, pipeline situation, asking the uh, the federal government for thirty eight million dollars. Uh, saying basically that they acted negligently. Can you just give us a few words about what's what's going on there? It wasn't just negligently. They also acted, I think, intentionally to ignore their own rules and regulations and the law, which requires that they take care of the uh, land that they that is under their control. That included all of the land from which the um, from which the Dakota Access Pipeline uh, protests took place. They permitted permanent and temporary structures. There was an environmental disaster that we had to clean up. There were incredible costs for law enforcement. The total of all of that is $38 million. And uh, I'm here to say that I think the Army Corps of Engineers is directly responsible for the problems that arose, and they ought to bear the expense and not the taxpayers of the state of North Dakota. So we filed a claim and a demand under the Federal Tort Claims Act to 
uh, insist that the Corps of Engineers should pay that expense back to the state of North Dakota. We have They have six months to either pay it or to uh, deny the claim, after which we can proceed with a lawsuit in federal district court, which is exactly what I intend to do. What uh, I mean, how likely are they to just pay? I mean, is that even a real possibility? Yeah. Well, I or are we think gonna... there's a possibility. I don't think that it, I, I don't think that they're going to take the position of absolutely not, because I think it is perfectly clear that they totally neglected wow. their duty under the law and under their own regulations to take care of that land and to make sure that there was not a degradation to the to the property that was entrusted yeah. to them to take care of. And so perhaps I'm hopeful that they will recognize their responsibility. My phone lines are always open, and if they want to give a call and talk about uh, how they can make the payment, that will be great. Well, they also have a different boss now than they did back then, so I feel like that might that might stir things up. We have a different person sitting in the uh, in, in in the White House. Uh, we have one a quick email question about the ACA. Joshua asks, "How can we guarantee coverage of pre-existing conditions if we don't mandate all people purchase insurance?" And and maybe that's better for for you, John. I mean, that's the question: is if we're gonna if we're gonna force insurance companies to um, to cover pre-existing conditions, doesn't that necessitate an individual mandate? And I'm saying this not really as a supporter of either policies, but if you do one, do you have to do the other? No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, but, you know, even with the individual mandate discussion uh, that, that's part of the ACA, uh, they use that as an incentive to try to get folks to say, okay, you got to purchase insurance and get the young and healthy into the, into the population, into the risk pool. Uh, that didn't work. There's better ways to incentivize folks to get this coverage I think they want, and it isn't through penalties. It's, it's being allowed to, allowing us to uh, craft plans that people want to buy that are flexible, that, are, that, yeah. that can cover the things they want to have covered, uh, and allowing those young folks to get into the marketplace. And, and frankly, under the individual, individual mandate, they, they weren't purchasing it anyway. And so I, I don't think it's, re, it's certainly not required to, to have one without the other. Um, you know, there's ways that we can, have, we can incentivize the, the young healthy to purchase the insurance, and it's certainly not through the ACA. All right. Well, gentlemen, I, I think that's all the time we've got for today, so I'm going to wrap things up. Certainly thank you for coming on. And uh, we'll take a break. But Attorney General Wayne Stenjum, uh, Assurance Commissioner John Godfrey, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Rob. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. Th- thank you both. Have, uh, have a good weekend yourselves. This is the Rob Report, 970 WDAY AM, 93.1 FM. We're going to take a break. We'll come right back and wrap it up. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report, 970 WDYAM, 93.1 FM, 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Just a few minutes left here. Uh, we're going to have some Cubbies baseball coming up starting here at 1. We will start. Uh, we will uh, join the pregame in uh, in progress. And uh, Cubbies baseball, always a lot of fun. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike Campbell joining me for the last hey, few minutes of the program. Are you, uh, you easing into your Friday afternoon? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Jay was going to do a broadcast today. I talked to you yesterday. I told you that was off. And then... Watching the weather this morning, the Cubs, there's some rain there, but it sounds like they're going to get the game going. So, yeah, it's like I told you when we were messaging earlier, if I if I told you to stay on and cover till 2, there wouldn't be any rain. If I did vice versa, it's just been one of those weeks, Rob. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's almost like it's almost like this. This Midwestern weather stuff's a little bit unpredictable sometimes. Right. Well, and I knew after, you know, we were getting all that rain the last couple of days. Well, where does that go? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I figured, oh, great. This will work out nice. But uh, just listening to the broadcast here uh, off the air, and it sounds like they're planning on starting at 120. So we should be good to go at least for a while. 
All right, so in a couple minutes here, we'll uh, we'll start start the Cubs. I want to ask you, Mike, uh, have you ever run into that problem uh, trying to find diaper uh, diaper changing station or anything for as a as a dude? Uh, way back when my kids were little, which would have been twenty years ago, uh, pretty God, rare. You are, you are old. old. <laughs> I know, right? My kids are both in their twenties now, and I I started young, Rob. That's that's the key there. Oh, okay, um, but I, you know, I don't remember it being a huge issue, honestly, back then because. At that point, it was it was kind of a newer thing, but you started to see more of those family restrooms in a lot of places. Yeah, yeah and, that helps. And, and and the kind of places you go when your kids are that little, they, I mean, they generally understood that they're catering to families. So, you know, in those days, remember, that's when, like, uh, Applebee's was just becoming a big thing. And, and so those places at the time being cutting edge, and, and they were, you know, prepared for those kinds of things, the koala changing stations and whatnot so I, I don't recall it being a huge issue and and if it was you improvised right you went out to yeah. the car you i mean you found, make it you work. found a place to go yeah. it wasn't ever too difficult so. i just you know to me it's two things one i i think we could do a little better amenities for dads too and and two i think just the way we talk about it right it's it's not just moms it's dads too absolutely you know? yeah i mean like i, mean, I said you know for me it'd be the family bathrooms or or you'd have to go find somewhere to do it. But, yeah, you, a lot more dads are doing that stuff, and it's it's both ways now. Yeah, and that's I think that's a good thing overall. Hey, uh, mm -hmm. next week uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the Farm Bill thing. Heidi Heitkamp campaign kind of freaking out that Kevin Kramer, that he works with any everyone senator who portrays herself as a moderate, middle of the road, will work with Republicans and everything. They're freaking out because Kevin Kramer got appointed to negotiate the Farm Bill on the House side. You'd think somebody who puts North Dakota first would be happy that somebody, North Dakota's lone member of the United States House of Representatives has a seat at the table for the farm bill. I, I, I would think that would be the reaction from the works with anyone senator, right? The bipartisan senator. But no, right. her campaign, one of her campaign spokespeople called it a uh, politics at its worst. Julia Krieger, spokesperson for a Heidi Heitkamp campaign. Politics at its worst. I, I don't see what the problem is appointing a farm state representative who represents yeah. a, a large land mass that has well, uh, quite a bit of yeah. farming be, farming kind of important here yeah their argument is kramer uh not on the ag committee but uh but then earl pomeroy when he was appointed also wasn't on the ag committee mm -hmm. uh, appointed to negotiate the farm bill anyway well, i don't, I we're don't gonna agree with you on heidi rob I, I i think she's much more moderate than sometimes you paint her as but i don't i, think, I don't agree with calling out putting kevin kramer yeah well a, she's a so state guy on well, this on this committee I don't know. You follow some of the people who work for her campaign. I I wonder how moderate it is. I like she like I think she's very good at portraying a moderate. I'm not sure she's well. I'm sold. Then I'm snowed, Rob. I'm sold. You must be. Yeah. <laughs> on you a must nice, be on a nice summer summer day. I summer am day. Yep. You got snowballed. All right. Uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna leave uh, off. We're gonna join the uh, Cubs pregame in progress. Thanks for listening. You can always catch her here 12 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday on 970 WDYM 93.1 FM, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.